Chapter sixty six of The Reason Why. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tony Oliva. The Reason Why by Robert Kemp Philp. Chapter sixty six. Twelve ninety two. Why does the caterpillar become torpid? when passing into the state of the chrysalis because in all probability where the difference between the first and the ultimate form is considerable the organs of the insect having to undergo great changes it would suffer considerable pain torpor comes upon the insect it is thrown into a state similar to that of a person who has inhaled chloroform and after what has in all probability proved a pleasant dream the insect awakes to find itself changed and beautified twelve ninety three why are the pupae of grasshoppers and other insects when about to undergo transformation still active and sensitive because as there is but a slight difference between the form which they have in the pupa state and that which they ultimately assume they do not require the state of torpidity to save them from pain nor to arrest their movements while their organs are being changed with them the outer skin is thrown off and they are then perfect insects twelve ninety four why do caterpillars when about to pass through the chrysalis state attach themselves to the leaves of plants etc because they know instinctively that for a time they will be unable to control their movements and to avoid danger they therefore choose secure and dry places underneath leaves or in the crevices of old and dry walls and there they firmly attach themselves to await the time of their liberation twelve ninety five why do insects attach their eggs to leaves etc because as the eggs have to be preserved during the winter the insect attaches them to some surface which will be a protection to them generally speaking the eggs are attached to the permanent stems of plants and not to those leafy portions which are liable to fall and decay the spider weaves a silken bag in which it deposits its eggs and then it hangs the bag in a sheltered situation nature keeps her butterflies moths and caterpillars locked up during the winter in their egg state and we have to admire the various devices to which if we may so speak the same nature has resorted for the security of the egg many insects enclose their eggs in a silken web others cover them with a coat of hair torn from their own bodies some glue them together and others like the moth of the silkworm glue them to the leaves upon which they are deposited that they may not be shaken off by the wind or washed away by rain some again make incisions into leaves and hide an egg in each incision whilst some envelop their eggs with a soft substance which forms the first element of the young animal and some again make a hole 
in the earth and having stored it with a quantity of proper food deposit their eggs in it lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through and steal matthew six twelve ninety six why do butterflies fly by day because they are organized to enjoy light and warmth and they live upon the sweets of flowers which by day are most accessible twelve ninety seven why do moths fly by night because they are organized to enjoy subdued light and cool air and as they take very little food during the short life they have in the winged state they find sufficient by night some of the moths like that of the silkworm take no food from the time they escape from the chrysalis until they die because also they form the food of bats owls and other of the night-flying tribes twelve ninety eight why are the bodies of moths generally covered with a very thick down because as they fly by night they are liable to the effects of cold and damp the moths therefore are nearly all of them covered with a very thick down quite distinguishable from the lighter down of butterflies twelve ninety nine why do moths fly against the candle flame because their eyes are organized to bear only a small amount of light when therefore they come within the light of a candle their sight is overpowered and their vision confused and as they cannot distinguish objects they pursue the light itself and fly against the flame let him that glorieth glory in this that he understandeth and knoweth me that i am the lord which exercise loving-kindness judgment and righteousness in the earth for in these things i delight saith the lord jeremiah nine thirteen hundred why do insects multiply so numerously because they form the food of larger animals and especially of birds a single pair of sparrows and a nest of young ones have been estimated to consume upwards of three thousand insects in a week thirteen o one why does the death watch make a ticking noise because the insect is one of the beetle tribe having a horny case upon its head with which it taps upon any hard substance the ticking is the call of the insect to its species just as the noise made by the cricket is a note of communication with other crickets there is a superstition connected with the death watch which like most superstitions is based upon the theory of probabilities the death watch is usually heard in the spring of the year and a superstition runs to the effect that some one in the house will die before the year has ended persons who are superstitious are never very strict in the interpretation of their predictions and therefore whether a person dies in the house or out of it in the same room where the death watch was heard or across the wide atlantic so that there be some kind of relationship or even acquaintance 
between the person who hears the omen and the person dying the event is sure to be connected with the prophetic sounds of the death watch little weens the small timber-boring beetle when he is tapping gently to call his mate and perhaps peeping into every corner and crevice to find her that he is sending dismay into the heart of some superstitious listener who in ignorance of a simple fact overwhelms herself with an imaginary grief thirteen o two why are insects in the first stage after leaving the egg said to be in the larva state because the term larva is derived from the latin larvated meaning masked clothed as with a mask the term is meant to express that the future insect is disguised in its first form thirteen o three why are insects in the second state said to be in the pupa state because the term is derived from the latin pupa from a slight resemblance in the manner in which the insects are enclosed to that in which it was the fashion of the ancients to bandage their infants thirteen o four why are insects in the pupa stage also called chrysalides because as the latin term implies it is adorned with gems many chrysalides are studded with golden and pearl-like spots thou hast set all the borders of the earth thou hast made summer and winter psalm seventy four thirteen o five why are the perfect insects said to be in the nymph state because their joyful existence and their beautiful forms give them a fancied resemblance to the nymphs of the heathen mythology the nymphs were supposed goddesses of the mountains forests meadows and waters this term has generally but very improperly been also applied to the pupa state so that pupa chrysalis and nymph have all been employed to represent one state this is obviously an error as there is nothing in the condition of the pupa or chrysalis that can at all accord with the mythological idea of a nymph and which in reference to the beautiful and joyous fly finds a much truer application end of chapter sixty six